Are you a service-based business owner looking to increase profits to fund your lifestyle? Well, this podcast is for you. We bring you inspirational guests sharing actionable tips to solve many of the struggles you face each and every day. And now, over to your host, Paul Higgins. Hello and welcome to the Build, Live, Give podcasts. If it's your first time, enjoy the show. Please subscribe. If you're a regular, I'd love to get your feedback, you can go to paulhigginsmentoring.com forward slash questions and leave any questions either for the guest or for myself. That would be great. You can take notes, but I know for a lot of you, you're watching it on video. Some of you like me are out cycling with audio. So there'll be a full transcription of this fantastic interview for you to access. So our guest today was basically, well, grew up behind the scenes on film and TV. Both her father and her brother were involved in the technical side, but she wanted to be a little bit more front of camera. And she worked with a corporate video company, learned some tricks there, but really wanted to go out and start her own business. And that's what she did. And she's been doing it for five years and she's helping a lot of B2B businesses with video. And we really cover three key things here. So one is how do you create an emotional connection? I know it sounds simple to talk about, but she gives some great suggestions on that. The second is when do you use scripts versus bullet points? And she really talks about some great nuances behind that. And the third thing, she gives me a lot of feedback on my background, but she really talks about some things I've never heard about having the right background and also the right lighting. So what I'll do now is hand you over to Vanessa Holding from arcandcrown.com. Welcome Vanessa Holding from Ark and Crown Media to the Build Live Give podcast. Brilliant to have you here, Vanessa. Thank you so much. I'm so pleased to be here with you today. Yeah, well, I want to let all of you listening in a little secret. Vanessa's already given me plenty of tips and we haven't even gone to air yet. So I'm going to make sure that I bring those tips back on air so you can get the value as well. But yeah, I'm really looking forward to this interview for that reason. But why don't we kick off, Vanessa, with something that your family or friends know about you that we may not? That's an interesting question. And you could go in so many different directions with that. But I thought about it. And I think what's something that's really interesting is that I think for a lot of people that I meet, I come across quite extroverted, but the reality is I'm actually quite a shy person and in my home life, I'm very introverted. So when I am with my family, I'm usually actually the type that's listening into everyone else's conversations and, and not the one that kind of center stage. Is that also because you've got a couple of strong personalities in your family as well? That's definitely probably a factor. Yeah, both my parents do have strong personalities. So yeah, that's maybe why. But I think also, you know, in my business life, I found a way to sort of bring out what I need to in order to be good at networking and connect with others. And yeah, I kind of call myself an introverted extrovert. And I am able to kind of turn it on what I need to, but I'm the type that likes to, you know, have a quiet place at home and have a lot of alone time and things like that. Yeah. And, you know, I listened to a great podcast the other day where it says, you know, introvert and extrovert can be exactly the same in public, right? It's not as if you're, you know, hiding in a corner because you're an introvert, but I think it's then how do you recharge your energy? So an extrovert, I'm probably more of an extrovert. So if I present to stage, I then want to go and, you know, go to the party 
afterwards and meet people, etc. Whereas, you know, an introvert will typically want to go and, you know, go to their hotel room, watch a bit of Netflix or whatever, and just sort of unwind and relax because they need to get that energy back. So that's a definition I've heard of uh, between extrovert and introvert that I really liked. Yeah, I've heard the the same thing. And I, I totally agree with that. Yeah, great. So as I sort of alluded to, your I think your father and brother were in the film world and it seems like that's where you sort of kicked off your career. Just tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, well, I mean, I sort of grew up on set because my dad's a technical director and he actually had a corporate video production company when he was my age. But then he went on to freelance and to work on film sets and TV sets. And uh, so I was I did background work for a movie one time and I, you know, was uh, kind of behind the scenes for a variety of those opportunities, which was really interesting and really just showcased that industry was like a family and everyone really enjoyed what they did. And, you know, my dad always told me that if you love what you do, you'll never work a day in your life. And I think that really inspired me to want to get into, you know, a similar industry. And my dad and my brother are both technical. So that's why, you know, they're both on the technical side and, and film and television was the world that they went into. But when I was in school, I, you know, wanted to get into something related to film and TV, but discovered that I wasn't quite as technical and I was more into working with people and on the small details of things. And that's how I discovered producing. And then also realized that the film sets that are 16 hour days and sort of traveling around the world wasn't necessarily the lifestyle that I wanted. And that's why I ended up in the corporate world, which I think was a perfect fit for me. Yeah. And just quickly, you know, how, how's that world, you know, going at the moment with COVID, have your father and and brother been impacted? Yeah. So the film world was impacted at the beginning. A lot of productions halted. My brother was actually just about to head out to uh, the Amazing Race Canada shoot, which he had done the year prior and great very cool experience, but uh, that production did close down. So he was off for, I think, about six months. And then in the fall, TV shows that were able to go back did. So he was on some cooking shows, things like that. And my dad has done a lot of live webcasting over the last number of months. So that's been uh, an aspect of things that, you know, we're still able to do in certain capacities. So they're still working, but, you know, a little bit different than where things were at last year. Great. Well, I think you've been, you know, in your current company for around five years and we'll talk more about the company but you know how you know you're everyone watching this I think you're a lot younger than me uh let's just put it politely that way so you know what made you go into your company uh at such a young age yeah, well, I think I was definitely inspired by, you know, my father, he was, as I mentioned, ran a corporate video production company when he was in his late 20s, early 30s. And I just feel like I always had the entrepreneur bug, even in university, I kind of felt like I was always the manager of my school projects and the one that would coordinate and, you know, dole out tasks and do things like that. So when I started working at a small corporate video production company, and I, you know, got a larger and larger role in the company over over the couple of years that I worked there, I realized that the next step up was owner. And that's when uh, myself and uh, my business partner decided to start our own thing. And yeah, the rest is history, as they say, that was five and a half years ago, and we've never looked back. Great. And you say, you know, your family, your father in particular has been a great influence for you, but who else has supported you through this journey of running your own business? You know, what I found really interesting was that when I worked for another company, I feel like I was almost in a silo. Like I knew 
the coworkers that I had, I knew my clients, but beyond that, I didn't really focus on building out my network. And once I started my own business and I went from, you know, selling a company with all of these accomplishments and, you know, great brands behind them as clients to basically selling myself, I realized, oh, wow, I really need to build up my network. And I always say, be my own biggest fan and and showcase, you know, what I can do. And that's when I started going to a lot of events and just really participating more in the community beyond my own bubble of work that I was doing. And especially here in Toronto, Canada, where I am, there's just so much going on. And in downtown Toronto, there are you know, tech TO events and there are events for female entrepreneurs and there's so many different associations and communities and honestly getting involved and being a part of a variety of, you know, different communities. Like nowadays I'm part of a networking event. I'm on the board of an association and part of a, another or various groups. It makes you realize that when you build this community you know, you have something to give also. And then also, you know, you can get so much from the others around the table. So in, you know, speaking to those individuals and creating those bonds, I was really encouraged. And, you know, a lot of individuals did talk to me about my age, like, wow, you, you know, you're doing quite a lot for your age. And that was really helpful for me to, you know, get the confidence to just plow forward and go after my goals. Yeah, well, well done. And look, I think it's just so essential to have people around you that, like you said, you can give value to, but also that gone through some of the lessons that you're about to do. And I just look at, you know, business as a highway, you know, and the less detours you take, the better. And I think learning from others definitely helps that. So we'll move into the build section now. So when people come up to you and say, hey, Vanessa, what do you do? How do you best answer that? I think in the shortest terms, I say I help companies get attention for their content with the power of video. So, I mean, I I do that in a variety of different ways through a variety of different tools, whether it's animation or live action or self-recorded content. So, but at the end of the day, you know, everyone is looking to put their content in front of their target audience, have them receive that positively and then take that next step. And, you know, in some cases that might be learning content for, you know, your employees. In other cases that might be marketing content for, you know, your prospects or customers. But that's why I love what I do because I get to meet so many different companies and really understand what they do and then figure out how video can be a catalyst and a tool to help them accomplish their goal, whatever that might be. Yeah. And you mentioned companies. What's your sort of sweet spot, you know, without being boring, who's your ideal client? Who do you love to really work with? Well, we typically work with B2B-based businesses in the mid-range that are looking at making video a priority in their business. And again, that could be for their employees. They're understanding that culture is really important and creating videos to attract and retain the right employees. And yeah, or on the other hand, you know, they're looking at video as a way to attract more clients. And in some cases, that might be a series of videos that lives on their website. It might be self-recorded videos by some of their biz dev or sales team to, to post on social. But I really love working with clients who see video as part of a larger tool rather than just, you know, a one-off project. They really see it as something that can help a variety of different facets in their business, again, from, you know, culture and HR to marketing and internal comms and training. 
Yeah, I think that's so important. And the way that I look at it in my business is to know everything that's basically text-based, how can I over time replace it with video? Right. And you can still obviously with the video still have the text accompanying to it. But you know, you just think of all those customer touch points. And we've actually now got a, a whole list of every customer touch point we've got. And then we're just slowly working through from, you know, we're prioritizing them, you know, changing them over to video, which, you know, like you said, is, you know, these days it's so much easier to do it, which we'll dive into in a minute. But as far as video, right, there's, you know, I've had lots of people on here talking about video. Obviously, it's, you know, it is the new medium for communication. But what do you know about video that you know a lot of people miss? Hmm, That a lot of people miss? I think something that they miss is the human or emotional element of video. So video, as I mentioned, is, you know, useful to get across information and communicate a message. But whenever you can bring in emotion, that is what's really going to change minds and hearts, as I like to say, because at the end of the day, we're all human creatures. And we oftentimes don't realize that we make decisions based on emotion before we even have time to process and make a decision based on logic. So again, whether you're a nonprofit that's, you know, trying to deliver a heartfelt message or you're a corporate, you know, Goliath that is trying to deliver some bad news and you need to do so, you know, in a way that that gets across that information as succinctly but understandably as possible. You need to think about every aspect about it from the length to the music choice, to the tempo, to, you know, who delivers that information and how is it delivered? Is it okay to deliver, you know, really important information through animation or should somebody from the organization appear on camera and really show up for their audience? But on another hand, you know, maybe animation is the best way to go uh, for something else where it could be, you know, boring and not needed to to have a talking head in the video. So thinking about really what the purpose is, what the end goal you're searching for, and using the sort of the tricks of and a video to really get at the root of the emotion that you're looking for is something that we should all be focused on. Great. And now I work with a, a lot of thought leaders and uh, I know you've at the end of this will have a great gift for those that last to the end to get. But Thought leaders, you know, I know for me, uh, video is very difficult. I found that standing up in front of a crowd in corporate was very easy. Something, you know, off the top of my head was very easy. I love stages. As soon as I stood up and had that camera pointing at me and I had to talk, I I just couldn't do it. You know, I really, really struggled with it. And I'm probably guessing I'm not the only one. So what are some tips you could give to thought leaders that uh, are in that position, knowing they need to do more video, but you know, yeah, it's not what they love to do. For sure. And I think, you know, at the end of the day, just like anything, practice is important. So the first time you do anything, it's never going to be as easy as the hundredth time you do something. So I think people need to give themselves first off right off the bat, a little bit of leeway to understand that this is your first time getting in front of a camera, whether it's self-shot and it's just you in the room or you have a you know team with lights and cameras and it's you know a little bit of a nerve wracking situation is you know, give yourself some grace and understand that you'll get better the more times you do it. And then I think you also need to think about the way that you're going to present your information best. So for example, somebody like myself, I have a horrible memory. So if I try to do off the cuff videos, unless I have a really, really specific topic and I know it's going to be really short format, 
I prefer to fully script myself. I use a teleprompter on my phone and that for me makes me feel the most comfortable. And because I've practiced a lot with the teleprompter, I think it comes across really quite natural versus somebody else that would attempt to do a teleprompter. They might not come across natural and it might come across stilted and they might be much better at doing something off the cuff and organic and just having a few jot notes. So I think you need to, again, test, see what feels best for you. And then I think, you know, Paul, something that we had discussed uh, just before we hopped on was, you know, the difference between in your setup and for, uh, you know, as I mentioned in, in corporate video, oftentimes we would get, you know, for example, a CEO, if he's doing a you know CEO message to stand up and have a delivery to camera where he can use his hands and his body language. But when we're doing something, for example, for social or for our, you know, our email list, and we want it to come across really just natural, less promotional in nature, but more conversational, sometimes just sitting in your seat in your home office and really just kind of showcasing your personality that maybe can also help you just feel more comfortable and, you know, get across the information in a way that again, showcases your personality because that's what you want to do at the end of the day. Yeah. Look, and you know, we spoke about it, but I think that's made a huge difference for me. I've now got a Logitech camera. I used to have the old Mac with the camera, you know, it was terrible camera quality, but now I've gone to, you know, it can do 4K. I don't use 4K, but just because of the size, I do 1080. I think that's made a difference, but I'm now looking at a camera, but I'm sitting because I'm always on Zoom calls, on podcasting like this. So I'm so used to doing that. I find that is a lot better. And, and certainly for me, it's really just thinking of one person talking to that one person. And I found, you know, I'm a conversationalist. I love doing that. So therefore, doing that to camera, I found a lot easier. And the other one is just simple lighting. If you get your lighting right, that definitely helps with the videos. Some tips on lighting. What What are your thoughts on getting the right lighting if you are shooting by yourself? So, you know, bare bones, if you don't want to invest in anything, I would just say, you know, if you're going to just use natural daylight to your advantage, essentially, get in front of a window. Ensure that the window is not behind you because we call that being backlit and then you'll appear in shadow. So, you know, in some cases, if you are just going to be on a Zoom call or you're going to film yourself through a webcam, it would be great if you could put your desk or, you know, in the least your computer set up in front of a window so the window is facing you. You do certainly want to avoid an extremely sunny day if this, you know, the sunlight is directly on you, then you'll look overblown. So, you know, maybe playing around with lines and uh but on a overcast day or a a position in the sky where the sun isn't directly hitting on you that should work out well and you know natural daylight is actually the most flattering i find but in addition to that what i personally recommend is getting yourself a ring light and you can look up the term ring light on amazon and there are hundreds of different options there are really small little ones that have an attachment that you can just put on the top of your computer again for you know webcam based filming but if you are looking at using your smartphone like i do for all of my recording because again your your smartphone can as you mentioned record in HD but also 4K I love using a ring light that has a stand. So it acts as my tripod, essentially. There's a little clamp that I put my phone into and it's a quite a large light. It's uh, you know about double the size of my head and it's adjustable. So you can adjust both the brightness level as well as the color temperature. So I like to set it to a cooler temperature setting, which is closer to daylight, like a, a blue tone, 
versus a tungsten or a warmer tone that might be flattering on certain people. So you can kind of play around with that as well. And what about uh, for all of us out there like me that wear glasses? Because ring lights for me just don't work. Is there a way that you yeah. can get ring lights to work with glasses or do you go like, I've got a newer at the moment with a diffuser on it. It's sort of on yep. the, the left of me. I've got natural light on the right. It's a bit early here. But ring lights, do they really work for people with glasses? To be honest, it is very difficult. And even when we're in our you know, corporate video setup, we have three-point lighting and you know, professional videographer on set dealing with glasses can be a challenge. Normally what we do is try and get the light source uh, high above pointed down at the person. So the issue with a ring light is it's directly in front of your face. And so that's why you'll get the ring light to appear reflected in your glasses. So instead of a circular light, which of course is going to be really hard to try and get into a position where you, you don't catch any of it in your glasses, I would recommend looking at more of a box shape. And again, trying to get it higher up and pointed down. And as you mentioned, having, you know, like diffusion on it might help as well. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant. And a quick question back on the teleprompter. What app do you use for your phone? Well, I used to have an iPhone. And when I was using my iPhone, I used the Joe Allen teleprompter app. And that one was my favorite and worked really well. But unfortunately, I uh, read the reviews for Android when I, I recently got a new Android phone and they weren't the greatest. So I have been testing out a new app, which I actually use today to uh, record my newsletter video. And it worked pretty well. I don't love it quite as much as I did the Joe Allen one on my iPhone, but it's called Nano Teleprompter. And uh, yeah, there's hundreds of them out there. Unfortunately, again, on Android, I just found a lot of them had poor reviews. So uh, find any others that you love on Android, let me know. But that's the one I've been using so far. Yeah, look, I haven't made the switch. Um, I've toyed with it, but uh, I haven't. But the one that we've used is something called Big View, which is Big VU. That's great because you can, you know, quickly type your script and then it automatically downloads the phone and it's got some editing features, et cetera. So that's the one. It comes up now and again on AppSumo. Just had a lifetime deal the other day, but that's the one we find good. Now, the last one, because I could talk all day on this, but the last one is background, right? All right, I'll admit my background's boring as bat right? And I think everyone can <laughs> fill in the gaps. So if you were going to give me some advice on how I could improve my background that you're seeing now, what would you recommend? So I will say I typically like to film where it's a wall on an angle. So instead of the wall being a flat wall behind you, yeah. if you film on an angle, it, it'll add more depth. And I got that trick from you know professional videographers when uh, I watch them on our corporate sets and, and see that they never shoot against a flat wall. So that's the first thing. And then the other thing is I do like to have a very simple and clean background because I don't like anything that's going to distract or, or take away from you know the speaker. But I do also like a little pop of color. So in my living room, I do have a, you know, a beautiful painting on the wall. So that's the direction that I film in to, you know, capture a little bit of that, but still have 
I basically, when I started doing home videos back in March on, uh, on my smartphone, previously, I would, you know, do more of a professional setup with my team. And, you know, my, my business partner would film it on a professional, you know, camera. But when everything started, and I started just doing it all from my home office, I basically cleared everything off my desk. So I've had to live with a, a very, very clean desk the last 10 months. But, uh, but yeah, yeah, that's, that's what I would recommend. And I don't know, somehow, I've always got this book in the background. I don't know why it's there, but yeah. So a color. So for me, you know, would it be a, a print that would just finish off what's behind me? Yeah, I do think something on the wall, maybe to your right, would be nice. Again, just a little pop of color, nothing that's too overly distracting. And you just want to place it in a way where it's not sort of lining up exactly with your head. It's either like halfway behind your head or it's not touching your head at all. Yeah, great. That's great advice. And I think what I'll do is I've got a charity that I'll mention in a little bit further on, but I think I might get, they've got this amazing photo as part of their, of what they do in their brand. So I think that's what I'll do, which has got a nice tie-in. And uh, just quickly for your background, which looks great with uh, your logo, is that easy to do? Yeah, I mean, we're on Zoom here today recording this. So for all my Zoom calls, I have a virtual background. And I mean, Zoom has gotten pretty good with their ability to key out a background without any green screen. So to be honest, it's quite impressive what they've been able to accomplish. And uh, this is just a, a photo that we had, and then my business partner added in a logo. So it's a pretty simple graphic design that you can certainly do for your business. And I think it does add a little little professionalism. Yeah, yeah, it looks great. Yeah, and it looks like you've nearly got that crown uh, on top of your head, but not, <laughs> but not really. One other thing I will mention, just because we are talking backgrounds now, actually this morning when I did film, because of what type of video I was doing, I decided not to go with my uh, home office background like I normally do for my LinkedIn videos. And I used an, an actual backdrop of which some people might be familiar with where, you know, I have an actual stands, holes that go across and then a backdrop that uh, we ordered off Amazon that looks like a white brick. And I think it was $50. And I think the poles were also around $150. And they came actually with a black, a green and a white sheet. They're not the highest quality, the one that we particularly got from Amazon for that price range, but they certainly, you know, do the trick, especially when you layer them. But that's another option if you know want to do something where you're not on zoom for example and so you can't you know instantly key out your background but if you're filming on your smartphone and uh, you want to change a scenery or something a little bit more simple you can do something like that for not too much of a cost well fantastic tips and uh, obviously you can find more about vanessa at arc and crown and we'll give you all the links to that in the show notes. But before we go into the live section, I'd like to talk about whether you'll have a low or high seven-figure business in 2021. You can go to paulhigginsmentoring.com forward slash assessment. And there you uh, fill out the assessment. It's 15 questions and it takes about three minutes. Believe me, I've done it several times, slow and fast, but it's about three minutes to fill them out. But the great thing is at the end, you then get the opportunity to have a one-on-one -on -one call with me. And it's a call to build a plan around the gaps you've identified 
in the call, right? It's not a sales call. It's a call to actually help you. And if you've absolutely nailed it and I can't help you, you get a great opportunity to be on the podcast just like Vanessa. So go to paulhigginsmentoring.com forward slash assessment. So as I said, this is a live section now. We're into Vanessa, but thanks for all your tips on video so far. For you, what are some daily habits that help you be successful? Well, I think how I start my morning really early is important for me and my schedule. I The alarm goes off at 5.30 and I, I take some time usually to meditate in the morning and get in the right headspace and then get slowly get ready, eat some breakfast, and then I'm on my computer by 7. My team doesn't get on until 9, so I have the first two hours of the day to you know do some things on my plate that I maybe didn't get checked off the list the day before, or sometimes I I like to do my filming first thing in the morning because I find that's when I'm the freshest. Also writing, I love doing in the morning. I think that's, you know, sometimes when I get my best ideas and, you know, just go through my email list. So I think starting off my day by having that time instead of getting on at nine and just being bombarded with, uh, with everything is, you know, certainly something that I like to do. And, you know, something else that I think is really important. And I think you are a prime example of this, which is you need to be consistent with the tasks that you have set up for yourself, especially things beyond project work. So, you know, we know when projects come in or you're working with a client, you're, of course, you're going to take those meetings, you're going to do the work that needs to get done. But it is the other things, the marketing things, the consistent, uh, you know, showing up for your audience on LinkedIn or, you know, preparing your, your email blasts or, you know, doing research that you need to do. I think those are the, the tasks that sometimes fall by the wayside. So I try and actually schedule time in my calendar for them. So I make sure that they are a priority as well. And, you know, earlier we talked about network. And I think, again, that's something that's also extremely important to me is being consistent with, you know, showing up for the networking events that I've committed to, because I think it is really easy sometimes to be like, oh, I'll just go to the next one. And uh, I know I was guilty of that, uh, especially when before COVID, I had to drive an hour downtown to get to events late at night, sometimes snowy days, sometimes I don't think you know that pain (laughs) that that we have here in Toronto, or early morning, sometimes that we had networking events at, you know, 7am. So I'd be driving downtown at 6am. And uh, yeah, the snow is never fun. But you know, at the end of the day, when you do those, it feels so good, you feel accomplished, you maybe meet somebody interesting. And you know, I've always found from, you know, my network and the people that I've connected with, you just never know what can come out of it. And oftentimes, it's six months, a year, even two years down the line that somebody will reach back out to you and say, Hey, I, you know, kept you in mind and yeah, have a client or, you know, we need something. So I think that's uh, really important to stay on top of. Look, so true. And just quickly, you know, for me, since uh, April 2019, I've been, you know, posting three times a week consistently on LinkedIn. And now I'm just ticked over two and a half million views. Now, if you look at the years before that, you know, yeah, I just didn't get, my biggest thing was I didn't get people awareness. I didn't get people to know who I am now. My business is flourishing because of that consistency. So uh, I couldn't believe in it anymore. So the next section is the give section. So what's a community or a charity that you support? to my Sure. So Opportunity International is a wonderful organization that I was introduced to. Oh my goodness. It might even be like a decade ago now. And I volunteered for their young people's group at that time, but I was 
I really kind of fell in love with their format. They give microfinance loans to women and men, although it is predominantly women due to the way that they're set up in uh, developing countries, countries all around the world. And so basically, uh, you know, it's supporting entrepreneurs in their aspirations in their business. And the way that they're set up is they do... I'm forgetting the exact term now, but they have communities within their community. So they'll go to a community and they'll say, what do you need a loan for? Find a few other people in your community that also need loans. And in that way, they're all connected. So if one person can't repay their loan one month, everyone else in their community pitches in. So they all help one another out. And in addition, Opportunity International, you know, the head office, they'll go in and they deliver educational sessions. They do mobile banking to uh, help women who sometimes don't have a signature to be able to put money into a bank. So they use thumbprints. So they really just have honestly thought of everything as a way to really help people thrive in their own communities and develop, you know, the businesses to be able to help their children and help their communities and give back themselves. Fantastic. Well, we'll have the link to that in the show notes, that organization. Also, as I said earlier, I support an organization. It's called The Purple House. So it's thepurplehouse.org.au and they support Indigenous people with dialysis. And if you know my background, you've been listening for a while, you know that's uh, very important to me. So uh, just go and check that out and donate and all the proceeds of my book. So if you want a great book on how to build a business, go and grab my book and also proceeds of my business in total go to Purple House. So the last section is the rapid fire section where I'll ask you some questions and get some rapid fire answers, Vanessa. So the first one is what's your top three personal effectiveness tips? I think I might've mentioned one of these before, but my first one is be your own biggest fan. And that is something that I think is so important because if you aren't going to talk about your accomplishments and, and how you help others, who else will even know to talk about it? So that's my first thing. The second thing is trust your gut. I'm somebody who likes to lead with my gut and, and use my intuition. So I think that's really important. And the last thing maybe cliche, a lot of people would say, but you know, you need to set goals and especially set goals for the boring stuff, not just, you know, the, uh, you know, the number that you want to reach, but what are all of those little tasks that you need to do so that you can then reach those larger goals? Great. And what's a piece of technology that's essential for running your business? Um, well, something I've been using a lot lately is StreamYard. And it's sort of like an alternate to Zoom. And what's really cool about it is as a producer or, you know, a manager, for example, you can hop on, talk to the individual who's going to appear on camera, and then you can hide yourself from view. And the other individual can then share their screen and, and do a presentation. You can record it all. If you get the upgraded version, you can uh, record it in HD. And I think they're starting to implement 4K now as well. So yeah, they're a really great platform. And I I actually just heard that they were bought by Hopin, if you know that platform, which is for events. Great. Well, look, I think, you know, live streaming, I know at the moment we're recording, but uh, I will be moving to StreamYard and live recording. So I think, um, yeah, that's a, another great reason. So the next one is ideas, right? So you've talked about all the networks you're in, et cetera, but where else do you find the best source of new ideas? 
Yeah, well, I don't have a, a specific podcast recommendation or, or video recommendation. Uh, other than this one, of course. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> other than this one. But, you know, my suggestion, again, is just your network. Build your network. And I think that's so important. Reaching out to people. What I actually like to do is informational interviews. So I'll go on LinkedIn and reach out to people that are in a target market that I'm interested in getting more insight on and do an informational interview with them. Because not only are you building your network, at that time, but you are going to discover so many interesting tidbits that you didn't know before you did that. Excellent. Well, uh, the last question is the big question. I always leave it to the end for that reason, but what impact do you want to leave on the world? Yeah, that's a big question, (laughs) but... I, especially with, you know, what I've been doing lately, I really hope that I give people the confidence to put themselves out there and to really make their mark on the world. Because I think, you know, communicating through video can be so impactful. And I know personal branding is so important nowadays, and especially in the world that we're living in, where, you know, we can't go out to events, and we really need to, you know, communicate and connect with people online. So I think, you know, having inspiring somebody to really get started and just, you know, go out there, put themselves out there, they're going to realize that their audience, how their audience reacts to it is probably way better than they ever thought. So if I can inspire, you know, people to do that, I would be really happy. Well, uh, thanks, Vanessa. Like I said, beforehand, you gave me lots of tips. We've also shared those here and uh, you've shared a lot of other values. So on that very point, I know you've got a gift for everyone watching or listening, whatever your preference is. And it's at Arc and Crown. So with an A and D in the middle. So arcandcrown.com forward slash script. Is that correct? Or is it scripts? No, it's it's singular. Uh, script. script. <laughs> there we go. And uh, the great thing there is you'll get some scripts to do some videos for thought leadership, which is fantastic. So Vanessa, great having you on the show. And I really appreciate you sharing your wisdom today. Thank you so much, Paul. It was my honor. Have a great night. I really enjoyed that interview with Vanessa. I got a lot of great ideas and I hope you did as well. All of the links, all of the content she mentioned will be in the show notes. So please go and find them either on the app you're listening to now or also on the links, whether you're watching this on YouTube or you're watching it off my website. What were your key takeaways? Like I said, I had a lot. Why don't you mention Vanessa in social, maybe even take a photo of the podcast, what you're listening to, the key point that would be great. She would absolutely love it. And it's a nice way to give back to a guest that was so open and warm with their tips on video, which is so important for all of us. So you can find out more at Arc and Crown Media. That's right. So it's Arc, A-R-C, and then crown.com. And I hope you enjoyed that podcast as much as I did. Vanessa gave so much value. So if you really liked some of the things she said, why not share it? Share it on your socials. Mention Vanessa Holding in it. She would love you for it. Also, there's the full show notes. So you can get all the links to what was mentioned by Vanessa. There's so many great points. You can get that wherever you're listening or on the website, paulhigginsmentoring.com forward slash podcast. 
and you can find the script that you mentioned for thought leaders. I know I've grabbed it. It's fantastic. So it's arcandcrown.com forward slash script. You can get that. And if you'd like to build your pipeline, your leads, that's right, build your leads outside of referrals. We've got a fantastic live webinar coming up. Just don't go to Paul Higgins Mentoring dot com forward slash sales please take action to build live and give thanks for listening to the build live give podcast if you like what you heard please share it and leave us a review it would mean the world to us